This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, singer-songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and computer geek. I'm also a big fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. So each day I'm going to share a few of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's Today, in 1970, Douglas Engelbart patented the first computer mouse. Well, technically, the patent was for the XY position indicator for a display system, but of course nobody called it that. We all know it as the mouse, which Engelbart coined because the cord looked like a tail. How'd he get there, though? Let's reverse. Douglas Engelbart was born on January 30th, 1925 in Oregon. He was the middle child of three kids and had an older sister and a younger brother. His early youth was spent in Portland, and when his father died, he moved to a nearby town further in the country called Johnson Creek. He still went to school in Portland and graduated from high school in 1942 and then studied electrical engineering at Oregon State University. He served two years in the Navy as a radar technician, and after completing university when his time in the Navy was done, he started working as an electrical engineer at the NACA Ames Laboratory in Mountain View, California. At his first job, he got restless and started daydreaming about the possibilities of flying around in an information space that computers could offer. He read articles about the earliest computing abilities like Vannevar, Bush's piece in The Atlantic about a personal computer called the Memex, and thought about how he could contribute to the growing field. He then applied to the graduate program in electrical engineering at UC Berkeley to follow his dream. After graduate school, he bounded between a few possible job opportunities before settling on the company that would eventually help him create the mouse. Engelbart began the research that would lead to his invention of the mouse in the early 60s while working at the Stanford Research Institute. The idea for the mouse came to Engelbart while he was attending a conference about computer graphics. He was mulling over ways to make using a computer more efficient. He realized that using two wheels on a tabletop, one wheel moving horizontally and one vertically, a computer could theoretically track the rotations and use that to move the cursor on the screen. He was inspired by thinking about the use of the planimeter, a tool that helped engineers and cartographers measure maps and blueprints and how that could be used to apply to the computer using XY coordinates. A year later, Engelbart received a grant that helped him launch his dream research initiative called Augmenting Human Intellect. He wanted to have intellectual workers working at high-performance interactive display workstations while accessing a vast amount of information and using it to collaborate on solving problems. The grant helped him hire a research team, set up a lab for them with computers and display terminals. There were several cursor-moving prototypes available in the computer community, but none of them were up to the par of what Engelbart envisioned for his research workers. He got another grant from NASA to specifically focus on creating such a tool. Then, he and his team got all the computer-pointing devices that existed thus far together and created some new prototypes to compare how everything worked and what was best. 
Some of the things they tried were a foot pedal and a knee operating device. Engelbart contributed a prototype based on his earlier idea from the conference, a handheld device with perpendicular wheels mounted in a carved out wooden box with a button on top. Thus, the first mouse prototype was made, six years before the eventual patent in 1964. The team published the results of the research into which tool was the most user-friendly in 1965, and the mouse won the contest, so it was included in all of their research moving forward. The first public demonstration was in 1968. Engelbart envisioned that users would use the mouse in one hand and type with the other hand on a five-key chord key set. Only half of that came true, but the mouse had more than enough influence for an invention on its own. Though the patent was issued in 1970, mouses weren't included with commercially sold computers until 1981. Apple began selling mouses with computers with the release of the Lisa in 1983, and it really started gaining popularity with the release of the Macintosh the following year. Sadly, by this time, Engelbart's patent had expired, so he wasn't able to cash in with the royalties on the eventual popularity of the tool. Patents cannot be renewed. When the patent expires, the invention is a part of the public domain. Let's switch gears to our music fact, though. Today, in 2003, Britney Spears got her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She was only 21 years old, which made her, at that time, the youngest star to ever be crowned with the honor. Britney's star was the 2,224th star on the walk. She wore jeans, a pink shirt, and a furry pink jacket. She greeted fans, touching their hands across a barricade, and one burst into tears. Britney said she was speechless and had dreamed about the day since she was a little girl. The next day, her album In the Zone dropped. Britney only held the record for a year, though. In 2004, the Olsen twins, then age 20, got their star, the first to be shared by twins. And now for our final segment of the day, I'll be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a November 17th in my life. On November 17th, 2018, I went on a family vacation. I got to go to this, oh gosh, where were we? Where were we? I got to figure out the location. Let's see here. It says that we were in, oh, I went to Watsonville with my family. That's the name of the city. We got to rent a family house. It was so sweet because my family doesn't get often the opportunity to hang out with each other as a unit. So it was me, my mom, my dad, my brother, my little cousins, Mona and Kaya, um, who are at that point, I think they were like (laughs) four and six. Um, They were so cute, four and six or maybe four and seven. I can't remember quite (laughs) quite well enough, but it was with my uncle and my aunt and my grandparents are also there too. So it was such a sweet trip. You know, when you get older, I'm only 20, but I think the moments that you get to share with your family members are that much more important as you get busier and you go about your job. As much as your family may drive you crazy sometimes, the memories that you make when you're together are truly something that you'll never forget. So I really miss that. I'm excited for the next time I get to do that, hopefully with my family, um, because it's really precious time. And that's all for today. Thanks for flying around in the information space with me. And remember to listen tomorrow and through all of November and the rest of the year. If you please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and follow at 365 Days MXM Tune on your preferred social media platforms. I'll talk to you tomorrow. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.